Again, our scripture today is Mark 6, 30 through 44. Let us hear now from the word of God. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place. And the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages so they can buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. Then he commanded them and all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were five thousand men. Here ends the reading of God's holy word. If you would please join me in prayer. O holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So many of you know me. If you don't know me, I'm going to reveal some very important things for you to know about me today. One, I'm pretty stubborn. Um, I I get pretty well set in my ways, uh, and I don't like people telling me what to do. And and so that comes with number two. If you do tell me what to do, even though I may know it's the right thing, I'm probably going to rebel against it. Um, And so now you can pray for my mother and know why when I tease her that I was a gift from God. It was a a fun childhood for her. I'm sure of it. Um, but, but it's one of those things that, you know, I, I'm not too, fan, too much of a fan of being given marching orders of what to do. Yet, for some reason, that being who I am, this scripture, this miracle of feeding the 5,000 has always been one of my absolute favorites in all of scripture. I mean, Jesus is at the height of his ministry. He has the biggest crowd he ever has, and there's no food, there's a scarcity there. The disciples are wanting to send them away because they, A, they want to rest, and so they're getting a bit grumpy, and B, they just don't have what it takes to feed them, at least they think, right? And then Jesus gives them a command and says, you feed them. Well, they're pretty incredulous, and they're like, you want us to go to town? Spend 200 denarii, on, which is money we don't have, on bread to go feed people we don't know, and that still won't be enough? I mean, they were a bit nicer to Jesus in that command than I am positive that I would have ever been. I would have been like, you're nuts. You're crazy. This is impossible. Not doing it. 
And Jesus tells them, go find out how many they have, and, right? And so we go through this miracle, and he turns five loaves and two bread into not only enough to feed everybody that is there, but to have an abundance left over, right? They ended up with more left over than they began with. This is a miracle demonstrating the power of Jesus. But it's much more than that, right? And so I've loved this scripture because that command's in there. You feed them. And as a Christian, it really spoke to me because I'm like, okay, here's, here's clear, clearly defined rules of what we are to be about in ministry, right? There's somebody that has a need, and we are to meet their need. Well, and that's how I've dealt with the scripture for a decade plus. It's, it's just what it is. You feed them. And I've, I've found comfort in that. It, it's, it's helped guide me and lead me and, and celebrate feeding ministries. It, it's part of the reason why I serve on the board for Beam here on the beaches is because we feed people who are hungry. It's part of it. And, and it's a wonderful thing. But in studying this scripture here for the sermon... There's, there's more to it than just that. It's more than just a simple directive because all scripture points to the very gospel of Christ. It points to him being the Messiah and him being the one who alone paid for our salvation that redeems us. Now, this miracle, as grand as it is, and we know the four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they don't always all share the same stories. This is one of them. All four of them have the account of feeding the 5,000, right? And we learn because of Matthew that it wasn't just men gathered there that day. He said there's 5,000 men plus there's women and children. And so the estimates get close to around 10,000 or more gathered here at this moment. And so as we begin looking at this scripture... Mark takes us back and he says, now that, that part about John the Baptist that we just read, that we just went through, that was a flashback. That happened before this. It was just in this moment because Herod heard what was going on. The disciples are returning to Jesus because he just sent them out on a mission two by two. And he warned them, it's going to be, you're going to be rejected sometimes, and other times you'll be successful. He gave them authority to heal people, to cast out demons, and to teach the things Jesus teaches. And they come back and they report success to him. In fact, such great success that Jesus says, let's go to a desolate place so you can rest. Because they were still being bombarded by people coming and going that they didn't even have time to take a breath to eat. Ministry was busy and ministry was good. The disciples were doing good work for Christ. But he wants to go take them to rest because we were designed to rest. You are designed to rest. And ministry, if you don't know, ministry is exhausting. Not my just ministry of me up here, but your ministry, the ministry God's called you to, whether it's teach Sunday school or go help out at the food shelter or go help out at the women's shelter, whatever ministry it is God's called you to, it is exhausting ministry. Because I'll tell you this, people's needs never end. There's always another person to help and there's always another mile to go. But ministry can be exhausting, and so we need to rest. And so Jesus is here wanting to care for his disciples because they just came back from this ministry mission in which things were highly successful. They get on the boat. Now, usually Jesus and his disciples get on a boat, and we know, well, something bad's going to happen here. But not this kind. They, they, they sail across the Sea of Galilee, and they go four miles north to this desolate, desolate place near Bethsaida. Now, 
The thing is, though, the people have come to know the boat that Jesus and his disciples sail in. And so they recognize the boat, and they recognize that it's them on the boat. And they go running to the place where Jesus is headed. They come from all of the towns and the villages. Now, it was four miles by boat, but eight miles by land, and they beat Jesus there. They're so excited. They're so desperate to get close to the Lord and Savior. They are outpacing a boat on water at a two-to-one ratio. And so Jesus, wanting to take his disciples to go rest, lands on the shore. He sees a great crowd, biggest crowd in all of his ministry. And the scriptures tell us, and he had compassion on them. He had compassion upon them. And when he looked at them, it was like looking at sheep without a shepherd. And so then Jesus, seeing sheep without a shepherd, climbs off the boat and does what Jesus does. He begins teaching them. Now it gets late. Jesus isn't uh, uh, as, as quick with his words as I am on Sunday morning. Right? So Jesus lands on the shore. You're here all day till dinner. Um, and that's why I'm not Jesus. He's perfect in his preaching. Um, I'm imperf- imperfect. I could preach all day and still not even come close to his teachings. But Jesus, and it's getting late. And so they're in the middle of nowhere, right? Desolate place. And the disciples are like, send them away so they can go and eat. They ran here. This was not a planned trip for them. That's when Jesus tells his disciples, you feed them. You feed them. It's, it's, a, it's a pivotal moment here in, in Jesus growing his disciples. He's already sent them out and encouraged them and given them authority. But now they're once again confronted with a crowd of people who have a need. And Jesus reminds them, you feed them. As I said before, the disciples are incredulous. They, they don't... They don't want to do that. They, they think Jesus has lost his mind. And then he tells them, go and see how much you have. They don't think they have anything. They come back and they report five loaves, two fish. And they're really hoping Jesus is like, all right, let's go. Send them off to the town. That's really not enough. Said he says, bring it to me. And there's a huge miracle. He takes the bread. Scripture says he lifts it up and blesses it. And he breaks it. We've seen this before. We gather every Sunday to remember it. Here at at, at the Passover meal, when Jesus is to be betrayed, he takes the bread, he blesses it, and he breaks it. And then it was after his resurrection, and he had walked on on the road to Emmaus with two of the disciples, and they didn't recognize him, but when they get to the place, and he breaks bread and blesses it. Their eyes are opened. Every time Jesus takes a loaf of bread, there is a huge miracle involved. Every time. Now, the other gospel accounts, they record this too, and and there's some slight differences in there, but together we get this beautiful bouquet revealing exactly what this feeding the 5,000 is for us. And so in John chapter 6, he was one of the apostles, and he writes 
his own account of the gospel. And he was, he was there. He witnessed all of this. And John has a different way of writing and wording things than the other gospel writers. Well, he has recorded what Jesus taught that day is this, beginning in verse 49. I am the bread of life, Jesus says. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, they will live forever. And the bread that will give, that will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So here we, we, we hear Jesus' teaching around this bread. He's the bread of life. And he connects himself and the bread together for salvation. Because they're in this wilderness. So much as Moses and the Israelites were in the wilderness after leaving Egypt. right? There's the breaking of the bread, which we get at Passover, and, and the manna that was provided to them. But there's this understanding that salvation is in it. And then Jesus' own words in the Gospel of John, he says, The bread of life that is given for the world is of my flesh. Jesus indicates that he will make the sacrifice for the redemption of our souls. He is the bread of life. That anyone who is hungry and thirsty can feast on his word. That when our soul feasts with faith on him, we will have abundant life. And this is when the miracle came into a fuller understanding for me. Yes, it's a both end. There is the command that, yes, you feed them. We are to meet people in their physical need. But we are not to forget that just because we may be in a moment of scarcity, we only have five loaves and two fish. But what we have is the bread of life. You feed them, Jesus says. They're looking around looking for real food. And here Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. Eat of me and you shall never perish. You feed them. They found the people there hungry and lost. They were like sheep without a shepherd. And then they got to hear the shepherd's voice teaching them. And then the disciples who thought they were getting a break from ministry, you feed them. It's a literal command, yes, but it's more than that. You give them something to eat. When you come to hungry people who are lost, manna is good, but the bread of life will serve them eternally. Give them the bread of life. You give them something to eat. We run into people all the time in our life in all different circumstances. And we don't always actually have the stuff to help them in their need physically. But if we are called in that moment to help them in their need and to meet it, Don't forget to feed them. Don't forget to give them something to eat of sustenance. Don't forget 
to give them Jesus. This, this is that command. He points us to share the gospel. We meet the needs and then we share the very bread of life that has sustained us, the very bread of life that calls us together at this table, the very bread of life that is for our salvation because it's Jesus who said, it is of my flesh. It's his sacrifice that redeems us. And then we see the end of this miracle, right? We see 12 baskets left over. 12 baskets left over. There's not five loaves and two fish big enough to fit in 12 baskets. Math just doesn't work that way. But Jesus' miracle, and, and he's telling us he's the bread of life, that he's the one that provides for our salvation, that it is by his grace we are reconciled to God. And at the end of this miracle, there's more than what began. And yet we come sometimes to church feeling as if we are so unworthy, there can't simply be enough grace for all that I've done bad. And here Jesus is ending with an abundance. There is an abundance of his grace for your life. You can't out the cross. For the miracle he provides as the bread of life leaves love and grace and mercy enough for all the world to come and eat. Not only enough for you, enough for me, but enough for us to do exactly what Jesus said. You give them something to eat. Amen.